0: Hello fitness humans and welcome to Wave Talks episode 14. Today we're talking about the pelvic floor. Not something that I thought that I had to worry about, but Dee is gonna set us all straight on this one. So let's jump in and get started. Dee, over to you.
1: When we think of the pelvic floor, we mostly think about women, especially pregnant or postpartum women but there's so much more to that conversation. So the pelvic floor is the musculature in the pelvis, which means it also encompasses the muscles that move your legs, that stabilize your hips, that activate the core. So it's not just restricted to one gender. This is something that we don't always hear or talk about because there does tend to be a lot of stigma around the symptoms that are involved with this musculature. So some of those symptoms include frequent peeing, or needing to pee more when you're stressed, sometimes lower abdominal pain or having chronically tight hips, feeling like you can't take a deep breath, having a chronically tight neck, upper back, hip flexors, jaw, constipation or rectal pain, difficulty orgasming or having pain during or after sex, and abdominal pain after sex.
0: So that brings up a really interesting point, because you are our go-to person in 3-Wave when it comes to uh, pelvic health, right? How did you get into this? Because I know that you've got your story that's kind of a little bit of a flip from like what one would expect. Uh, and I think everybody would really like to hear that right now. And then I know, Jess, you also kind of have a story uh, in that regard. So maybe we can hear that one after.
2: I have a sad pelvis.
0: So the yeah, how did you get into this and when and like what prompted you? Like it's not something that people often think about like hey, I'm in personal training, I'm going to focus on, you know, your pelvic region. <laughs> how did you get there?
1: I initially had taken a pre-postnatal certification that was sort of an intro one and I loved it. Um, I loved what I was learning and, you know, being that I work with a lot of people who had told me they were planning to have babies or were pregnant or had had a baby, I wanted to be able to feel confident supporting them in that with their training. So I took a course, loved it. Um, I ended up taking another course, which was a little bit more, well, significantly more in depth as a postpartum corrective exercise specialist course. And it was through that course that I started to learn about pelvic health and a lot of these symptoms that I kind of just listed off. And I started to realize that I was having a lot of those symptoms. So I had an issue where like for one summer, I kept thinking I had a UTI without actually having one. But I had like discomfort. I had a lot of bladder discomfort, pain, tension, frequent peeing, uh, especially if I was in a stressful situation. Um, I did like something called the Red Bull 400 where you go up a like ski slope and I was super freaked out about it and probably peed 20 times in the 10 minutes before I did it. So this was a bit of a red flag and like my whole life I've always just joked about how I, I know where the bathrooms are everywhere because I just always have to pee when I'm out and about. After seeing a urologist working with my doctor, we came to the conclusion that that's just how things were. Cut to starting this PCES course, I realized maybe there was something I could do. So that's where I learned about a pelvic health physiotherapist, which is now something that I tell all of my clients or friends who are experiencing any of the symptoms I listed. So learning all this made me realize there was something going on in my pelvic musculature that I could rebalance, strengthen, rework to eliminate those symptoms. So with my experience, I saw a pelvic health physiotherapist and learned that I had an overactive pelvic floor. So basically, the way the musculature works, the pelvic floor sits so closely to the bladder. So if I'm constantly stressed and contracting it, it's going to affect the bladder, it's going to squeeze on the bladder, making me feel like I have to pee even when I don't, or it might make me feel like I haven't fully emptied my bladder, even if I have. So my work was actually in learning to relax my Kegel muscles or my pelvic floor muscles. So just by getting that professional to look at it and like specifically in that area and then do the homework, do the work, uh, regarding like my whole body and how all that works, I have been able to basically eliminate all of those symptoms. They definitely still come back under stress, but that's about managing my stress in that situation and using those things that the pelvic health physiotherapist helped me work on.
2: I think we really forget that the pelvic floor is such a huge structure in the human body Mm -hmm. we focus so much on the exterior especially in the fitness industry which we've talked about multiple times Uh, we focus on aesthetics we focus on what we want to see but we forget that there's so much musculature inside and especially in our abdomen and around our torso we are essentially one giant muscle to protect all of our organs in that area and we can't see it
1: yeah, and the pelvic floor is such a responsive part of your musculature. So it's going to take all this feedback from what the rest of your muscles are doing or your lungs are doing uh, and and act accordingly. So that was my experience. And by finding that out, it prompted me to have more conversations with other people, with clients, with family, with friends. And through that, like I've been able to open up more conversation and learn that other people also have had similar experiences to me not knowing that there actually could be a solution to them and that it's really common i know jess you had your own
2: i did so actually back in the day when i was a client of coach d here she was coaching me through some some movements and i mentioned that oh sorry i'm just having a lot of you know lower uh, abdominal pain today don't worry about it i'll work through it and she started asking me some more questions and she referred me to a pelvic floor physio And from that moment, I I wasn't too sure how I felt about it because it seemed a little bit weird to me that my pelvic floor might have dysfunction. Even as a trainer, it wasn't something that really occurred to me. I'm like, well, it's my pelvic floor. Like, it's there. Like, it does its job. Uh, But I decided to explore it because I'd been having a lot of abdominal pain, low back pain, and trouble breathing. And when I mean trouble breathing, I don't mean like I'm passing out. I mean not able to take a deep breath, which I often still struggle with. So, I went to this pelvic floor physio and we just started talking about some of the symptoms, some of the symptoms that I'd been having. And I just start listing off, you know, a variety of things. And then she starts asking me some questions. And we realized that I'd actually been having lower abdominal pain for about 11 years. And I just thought that was part of my existence. I thought I had IBS. I often would go to the bathroom more times than was normal, especially before bed. Um, I was getting sometimes other pain, like uh pain after sex, pain after um going to the bathroom. And I just thought that I was dehydrated. I just thought that I it was because of my back pain. I just thought it was from my back injuries. So after having this consultation with her and actually going through ways to release and actually learn how to breathe properly into my abdomen, I could control a lot of that pain and discomfort. And I It alleviated a ton of the lower back pain that I thought was left over from my back injury. So I'm not sure what happened first. Was it the pelvic floor issue that caused the back injury or did the back injury make the pelvic floor pain worse? Not entirely sure, but being able to actually realize that I'm in control of this massive muscular structure that holds so much of our stress and breathing mechanics and you know we hold trauma there too so being able to know that i had some control over that made a huge difference in a lot of the pain that i was feeling so it's been a really interesting process to actually realize that this happens to a lot of people and like Dee said having these conversations with people and our clients you realize that it happens to a lot of people and we really want to hone in that this isn't just a An issue that happens to women. This is a uh, an issue that happens to every fitness human or can happen to every fitness human you can be anybody that's had any sort of Damage trauma breathing issues stress and that can cause some serious pelvic dysfunction And because the pelvis is the middle of everything. It's the middle of our entire body It can radiate to other areas of our body and of our lives
0: and if you're somebody that has a prostate It's absolutely something that you should be cognizant of and probably investing in the future of. Or, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, people don't deal with those prostate issues until they are told that it is an issue. (laughs) Uh, I've got a lot of family members that have had uh, prostate issues. And, of course, it's always out of left field and it's always, you know, never a... um, I never knew it was, was happening, but, but I think that there's, there's a lot of, again, misinformation out there about that, that people don't consider.
2: It's important for anybody who owns a prostate, specifically, <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that, do I own my husband's prostate? Like, Could we look at do, it like you, that? Would you, you keep get, it in your purse. Would
0: you get it in the divorce? <laughs>
1: It's important for
2: anybody who owns a prostate to know that healthy pelvic floor function, healthy blood flow awareness is actually helpful when it comes to overall prostate health, like Cam mentioned. And that can include things like prostate cancers, that can include enjoyable intercourse right because if you have a hypertonic pelvic floor that's constantly you know not increasing blood flow it's not allowing pressure systems to work properly you might actually find that you're having a hard time or not enjoying intercourse and that's not fun for anybody but it's interesting to think that something as simple as stress and an overactive pelvic floor can cause dysfunction of our reproductive organs
0: yeah
1: well and if we think you know like a hypertonic or overactive pelvic floor um, outside of like the prostate issues or developing issues there. But if we think of a muscle that is overworking all the time, it's not gonna be able to sustain that for forever. So you might not think aside from like having the, the constant peeing symptoms that it's a big deal, but down the road, those muscles are gonna fatigue and you might actually be facing more incontinence issues where you actually can't hold your pee. It's not just a matter of urgency, but a matter of not being able to hold it in. And it's interesting because there is a conversation about leaking and incontinence, again, especially in like for women and postpartum women and they're normalizing it, but kind of just saying that it's part of being a woman without saying that it's something that is actually a dysfunction and can most likely be fixed or improved if it can't be fully fixed. So that's why it is important to like take the conversation to that next step because, because we want to feel comfortable.
2: The amount of clients or women that i've heard say after you know multiple years after having their children say oh you know i can't jump in my fitness class i can't do jumping jacks because i'll i'll probably pee myself And that's a hard conversation to have. And you feel like it's now inhibiting aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. You feel you can't do certain things. And that's kind of what happened with me, right? I'm like, well, this is just me. This is just how my body is now. And you just accept that. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts where people just accept that this is their lives now. And you don't have to. If you can identify symptoms, you can make changes to your life that then you just feel better.
1: Yeah, it's better quality of life.
2: It's better quality of life. I mean,
1: kind of just like if you had a broken ankle, you wouldn't keep going around walking on it saying, this is my life now. Maybe you would, <laughs> I don't know. But that's <laughs> not typically the response, right? Like to the point where, you know, you have to get a cast, right? You would you would get it fixed and take care of it and go see physio for it. So why not do the same if you're having pain in your hips, pelvis, abdomen, I, all I that? I think
2: because a lot of it is taboo, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to go up to your friends and say something like, I've gone pee 25 times today and it's only noon. That's normal, right? People don't have those conversations about things about their pelvis. We, you know, we typically sexualize the pelvis a lot instead of see it as a functional part of our bodies that doesn't have a sexual function the majority of the time. So I think that makes it a little bit taboo for people to talk about. And I think that maybe that's part of the reason why women have started to open those doors a little bit more because Culturally, it's more acceptable for women to have those conversations between each other. Whereas, you know, for men to have conversations of, yo, dude, I wasn't able to poo today because my pelvis hurts. That doesn't happen that often. Do you know what I mean? So I think it, we need to normalize that it's OK to talk about aspects of your body with anybody when it comes to health.
1: And, and you're not lesser than if you're experiencing any of these symptoms or having challenges just like if you break your ankle, you're not lesser than for doing that, right? Like it, it kind of should be seen the same way. Mm-hmm. So we had talked
2: about uh, pelvic floor symptoms being amplified by two types of dysfunction or proper function that you need to be able to have in order to have proper pelvic health. So let's talk a little bit about those so that we know how we can contribute to having better pelvic health.
1: Yeah, so if we go back to those symptoms that we listed out before, There are a lot of different things that can cause these and sometimes you could have one symptom that has multiple different causes. So that's why going to a pelvic health professional is really important so you can make sure you're getting the right treatment. So we might see that there is a hypertonic or tight and overactive pelvic floor. You could have a hypotonic, so a weak or underactive pelvic floor. Those are big things that kind of directly relate to the pelvic area. If we think of our Kegels, right, those are the muscles involved. So if we had a weak and underactive pelvic floor, we might be prescribed Kegel exercises uh, pretty purposefully and like timed with our breathing and things like that. Uh, A big thing that causes some pelvic floor dysfunction would be inefficient alignment. So an easy way to just describe this is by... Ideally, we would like to have our ribs stacked over the pelvis so that we can get our diaphragm, which uh, sits under our lungs, to work with our pelvic floor. So if we don't have that good alignment, say we have a big arch in the back, the hips are a little bit rotated, um, or if the ribs flare or are rotated as well, we're less likely to get that good coordination between the diaphragm and the pelvic floor and we're probably not going to get great core function as well, which is all rolled in with the pelvic floor. And they technically
2: kind of massage each other. That's, it's a weird word to use, I know. But when you use your diaphragm, it technically lifts and pushes on your pelvic floor. So they work in unison and release each other as well as contract each other.
1: Yeah. So that, that's a great segue to our next our next cause here. So the pelvic floor works with the diaphragm and core to manage pressure in our system. So there might be situations where we have extra pressure on the body and the pelvic floor is not able to manage that, in which case we might get leaking or some of these other painful symptoms that we talked about. So this could be from pregnancy. A lot of people think that if they tear during a delivery, they're going to get pelvic floor issues, and if they don't, they're going to be totally fine. But what a lot of people don't realize is that nine months of having increasing weight on your pelvic floor is often what's a big cause of pelvic floor dysfunction for postpartum
2: folks. And you also had a human, a tiny fitness human punch through a tiny hole. So you're going to have trauma. I mean, maybe punching isn't the right (laughs) word. They're fitness humans, Dee. They punch their way out. (laughs) they
1: fitness their way they out. fitness their way up they finesse their way up. so if we're still looking at pregnancy there are also postural adaptations that happen during pregnancy that would change the alignment to make the pressure management less efficient that posture can change due to belly growth due to how the baby is sitting in you and also to breast growth Then we can also look at diastasis, which we may have heard DR, diastasis recti, diastasis recti. I don't actually know the right way to say it, but I've heard it said many ways, and I'm gonna say it all these ways. Um, Lifting is also a great way to add pressure onto your pelvic floor. So if we're creating progressive overload, so trying to increase our weights in the gym week to week, we might increase the weight to a point where our pelvic floor hasn't built tough enough. Where our pelvic floor? Where our pelvic floor hasn't built up. <laughs> built tough-a-tough.
0: Would this, this would also apply not just with lifting weight, but if you have a job that is like physical at any level, right? Like if it's increasing demand or anything like that, which is... Sometimes a little bit more real world I think and causes these issues that maybe get misdiagnosed
1: Yeah, absolutely if if you're lifting anything that's more than what your pelvic floor can handle or if you're lifting in a way where it's quite heavy so you're holding your breath that's also going to create even more pressure than just the weight on the pelvic floor and that's a good example of a hernia as well
2: because a hernia is a blowout of part of your abdomen and your transverse abdominis which could also have pelvic floor implications
1: yes absolutely so the idea there is that we want to be able to build up tolerance to that extra load while training the pelvic floor to work with the breath with the core just like we would if we were training our glutes to get stronger right we wouldn't just like increase the weight to where we can't do it we would make sure we're slowly building things up so that also brings us to core right our core is a huge component in um, what could cause pelvic floor symptoms so if we have some weakness in how the core fires with the rest of the body Sometimes there's an over-reliance on our rectus abs, those are like the superficial six-pack abs. Without using our deep transverse abs, we can actually create more pressure down onto the pelvic floor, again causing leaking, straining, that kind of stuff. Um, Another big thing to note is repeated impact, kind of similar to adding increased weight. Impact is load that the pelvic floor has to carry. So, if we think of running, if you have a really heavy stride, that's more weight that goes onto the pelvic floor. And so, especially if, say, you are postpartum and your pelvic floor has just gone through carrying a human that was growing and then punching its way out of you it's gonna need a little bit of time to heal so it is really important to work on deceleration to work on building up that strength of taking impact and learning to manage that impact
2: another really good example of impact is actually vibration a lot of people don't think of continuous vibration as being repetitive impact on the body uh, but something like driving a big truck or semi truck drivers actually get repetitive impact to their entire body including their pelvic floor they're technically sitting on an engine for eight to ten hours a day and it's can cause pelvic floor dysfunction as well. So this is not just something, again, for pregnant women, this is something for everybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Also, if you're looking for some tips on how to work on strengthening your pelvic floor for running and better deceleration and reducing impact, you should check out our running video that we released on Patreon last month. And a huge contributor to pelvic floor symptoms is stress. And this is probably one of the biggest ones and one of the things that makes it the hardest to heal any pelvic floor dysfunction or issues. Some ways that stress causes pelvic floor issues is by having inefficient breathing patterns. So when we're stressed, we tend to breathe upward into the neck, which doesn't let our diaphragm come down, which doesn't let the pelvic floor do its job. Clenching the jaw, creates a lot of pressure down and again doesn't allow for proper lung or diaphragmatic movement and then clenching the pelvic floor that was absolutely my experience where i always felt like i had to pee so i always tried to hold my pee so i was always clenching my pelvic floor which also made it hard for me to take full proper breaths and also had me like sucking in my belly all the time so it was kind of the perfect storm of putting pressure down when I was trying to hold it all in.
0: But what, 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 what is there in the world right now that would be causing any stress?
2: <laughs> Not a thing. But what's pretty interesting about that is I actually learned how to control a lot of my pelvic floor pain by just breathing into my abdomen, which is really crazy. I had this whole host of symptoms that was alleviated by me taking deep breaths into my abdomen. Right, So that clenching is actually putting pressure on your variety of diaphragms you actually have in your body. Um, Long story short, we have multiple diaphragms in the body, your upper palate being one of them, which works in unison with your diaphragm and your pelvic floor. So if you're constantly clenching your jaw, for example, under stress, you're not breathing, which is damaging the diaphragm of your lower lungs. It's inhibiting your pelvic floor so keeping in mind that stress is probably one of the biggest factors for pelvic floor dysfunction that will go unnoticed pregnancy is probably one of the biggest ones that people will notice because they
1: know they've gone through something and knowing that one of the sometimes most effective treatment is breathing and the like excruciating thing is that nobody wants to sit there and do their breathing homework But we're going to be releasing a video to help make that easier, so stay tuned.
0: Breathing is a good start, but there are other things that we can do, obviously. Am I right? I just... Okay, so I was right about that, but I don't know what those things are. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yes, you're right. And And now we're done. Oh. I think the biggest thing to be able to support people in pelvic health recovery, recovery of any of these symptoms, improvement of these symptoms, is just offering support. The more we can bring awareness and support around pelvic health, the more we can help people get these issues resolved. Because most likely, as we've stated, there is help and you're most likely going to be able to get improvement, if not full healing, of any of these symptoms you're having. So a big part of that is like for the pregnant and postpartum community. I believe in the UK and Europe, it is like required for postpartum folks to uh, go see a pelvic health physio and it's like in their healthcare so people can get that treatment right away. Um, It's not the same here. A lot of people think that when they go for their six week postpartum checkup, when the doctor says everything is fine, they think, okay, pelvic floor is in good health they don't even look at your pelvic floor a lot of midwives will be able to offer support in that area so do make sure you're like empowering yourself by getting lots of information through that another thing that you can do that'll really help
2: with overall pelvic health is actually focusing on your hips Your breathing during fitness so it's not just breathing it's learning how to move your body efficiently while managing pelvic floor health so realizing am i gripping down Am I pushing constantly? Am I sucking in constantly? These are important cues that can really give you good information about your pelvic health during fitness, movement, lifting. If you find that you're constantly pushing out, for example, or constantly sucking in, this means that you're not actually pairing your breathing. So breathing would be a good place to go. If you're finding that you're just having constant pain, you can find a host of different ways to release your pelvic floor, including stretches, again, breathing, proper alignment, and you can see a pelvic floor physio. And lastly, probably awareness is going to be your biggest friend when it comes to pelvic floor health really knowing what the symptoms are, evaluating if you have a lot of those symptoms, and then seeking out information and help. That can be from us. That can be from a pelvic floor physio. That can be online. There's a lot more information out there about pelvic health than there ever used to be. And we really want to make sure that you feel welcome to find that information, no matter what type of fitness human you are.
1: And we want you to feel safe talking about that. Like this is why we love having these conversations. This is why we do check-ins with our clients. This is why we leave notes on programs and have clients leave notes on the programs for us to look at, because this has to be a conversation. If a fitness professional is looking after your body, that includes the pelvic floor. So let's talk about this stuff. Let's talk about how your bladder is feeling, how your pelvis is feeling. If you've peed more times than usual today, like that's really important stuff to talk about. Maybe it's normal, maybe it's not, But we want you to be able to voice that so that you can get that sorted out so you can feel comfortable and go on with your day.
0: And be empowered.
1: And
2: feel like you can do jumping jacks if you want to and feel that you can go for a run if you want to and not worry about where the bathroom is constantly or worry that you're never gonna you know, have fun during sex anymore because it always just hurts. These are actual problems that people have because of pelvic health. So really make sure that you pay attention to that and that you don't just omit it and accept your life the way it is now.
1: And Cam, I love that you said empowered because when I saw that pelvic health physio, I mean, for one, the time that she took to sit with me and let me explain all these experiences that I had and symptoms I was having that I didn't know were pelvic symptoms, like, she she showed me, like, the imaging on the ultrasound when we were doing that. So, like, I got to learn about how my pelvic floor muscles were affecting my bladder. I got to see what it looked like when I was breathing. Like, I left feeling so informed and, yes, so empowered that I was like, holy crap, this has been years and this is finally going to get fixed. Like somebody nodded while I explained all of this and said, Yeah, and that's didn't this. think that,
2: oh, this is just how you are, Diana. Like what, what your doctor said to you, Oh, this is just you, right? That yeah. doesn't make you feel powerful. That doesn't make you feel capable. That feels like now you have to manage something mm-hmm. that you didn't want to have to manage. Somebody explaining why something's happening to you and giving you tools to work with that. Yeah, maybe you're still managing it in some way, shape or form, but at least now you have the right tools
0: to manage it. Yeah. That is an amazing place for us to bring this to a close. Empowerment. Yeah. I want to thank all the fitness humans that have listened to this. This has been Wave Talks episode number 14. We're so happy to have you here, and if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us because we would love to work with you we'd love to help you we'd love to chat with you we'll see y'all next time